You're listening to a 3CR podcast created in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au. Morning, let it pour. Tonight we're in the groove together. Ain't gonna worry about stormy weather. Gonna kick all trouble out the door. Beat out old trouble and drum. Beat out old trouble and drum. Beat out old trouble and drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. Beat me that rhythm on the drum. And kick all trouble out the door. Kick him out the door. Kick him out the Welcome to Radical Australian Community Radio, 3CR, streaming live on 3cr.org.au. My name is Joseph Toscano. Once again, we have a fascinating guest, not Minnie the Moocher, <laughs> but, but Minnie Miller. How are you, Minnie? Good, thanks. How are you going? <laughs> if, if you're good, there's no point being on this program. You know that. <laughs> Because we don't interview good people, we interview <laughs> radical people. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> you kind of lost for words there, are you? <laughs> All right. Look, we usually start at the beginning of life, and obviously you don't look that old to me. Um, what year were you born? 1990. 1990? Yes, I have a good skin regime. <laughs> Black you- don't crack. <laughs> You are. You could be my granddaughter. I'm <laughs> feeling embarrassed here. <laughs> no, she's much younger. All right. Now, Minnie, 1990. What's the first thing you remember about being on planet Earth? Ah, oh, I've got a um, – I'm sure which one's earliest. I have a memory of sitting at the back of – I think it was transitional housing – like just moving to this unit and um, it was like completely empty and there was this little um, Zazu rubber puppet um, that someone had left behind in the backyard and just sitting on the on the back um, back step playing with this little like left behind Zazu puppet eating banana chips in the sun. It's probably my first memory. <laughs> I like bananas. Yeah. <laughs> Were you born in Melbourne? Yeah, yeah. I was born at um, Monash, Monash Hospital. Monash Hospital. Yeah. Oh, but, um, so where were you living when you were young? I moved my whole life. I've pretty much moved every year. Every uh, year? Pretty much um, until I was well, until I was out of home. So mm-hmm. I constantly moved around, um, around Melbourne and northern England in a little – um, mining town called Bolton, where my mum's from. So back yo-yoing back and forth between there constantly. <laughs> Kelly, you just made a noise. <laughs> Are you? Uh, do you know where Bolton is? Do you, Kelly? I assume Kelly knows these things. Bolton, I do because ah. um, um, it's in Lancashire. It is, and my f- my mother's also from Lancashire. Wow, from so... Rochdale. Ah, cool, interesting. Yeah, so yeah. I, I think I've been to Bolton. Not many people can say that. Not many people would want to. <laughs> That's hey, hey, Excellent. hey, hey. Come on. It was your mother who came from Bolton. Yeah. That's not a nice thing to say. Oh, it's, right. it's... So, so you were moving constantly as a little person. Yeah, yeah. From place to place to place. Mm-hmm. What effect do you think that had on you? Um, I think it's made me good at connecting on a surface level with people very quickly, very easily. Um, and also I think it's kind of, I don't know. I feel like now that I'm older, I'm better at sort of maintaining long term friendships and things like that and long term relationships with people. But I think it's also kind of given me itchy feet and made me be like a couple of years into something. I'm like, cool, next. Like, what's next? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> oh, well, once you get to my age, your itchy feet will disappear. <laughs> I can assure you, you'll yeah. want to stay in one place. <laughs> so, did you have any siblings? Any? Yeah, I've got a lot of siblings. Um, I grew up with my brother Sam, who's like a year younger than me. And then um, there's a big difference between me and my half siblings. So I've got three younger half siblings. I got my sibling Kit, who is 18. Um, 
Robert, who's 17, and Sophie, who's about to turn 16 in August. So, yeah, bit of a bit of an age gap. But they're all, like, my half-siblings. So Kit is my dad and my stepmoms, um, and Robert and Sophie are my mums, and, yeah, another person's. So we use the term blended family. Yeah. <laughs> blended with a – I've always found that – Kind of obscene, you know, a blended yeah. family, as if you put everybody in a little blender and out <laughs> they come, you know, a bit of yeah. this and a bit of that. Oh, but, <laughs> but it's the experience of at least half of the people in this country. Yeah, At for least sure. half, yeah. <laughs> so did you go to preschool? Yeah, I mean, I don't remember it. I remember my brother going kindy, but um, yeah, I guess. You guess. <laughs> you don't remember anything. I feel like there's a photo of me doing some kind of, like, kindy nativity play. I think it was oh, an angel, yeah. mm, of course. Mm, mm. Uh, <laughs> well, obviously, I mean, this isn't television or uh, the World Wide Web, but I can assure you Mimi is an angel. <laughs> Mini. Mini, because I'm Minnie. short. Yeah, Mini. I'm a miniature person. Mini, yeah. <laughs> so what's your real name? Amy. Amy. I think I prefer Amy. I don't. You don't? <laughs> I don't like it. All right. <laughs> Minnie the Mooch. Yeah. If I remember that, I'll be right. <laughs> Minnie, I won't use the M word because <laughs> Minnie Mouse, I'm sure you were yeah. sick of that. That's <laughs> so unoriginal. Yeah. So do you remember going to primary school? I do. I went to, oh God, um, seven primary schools. Seven. Yeah. <laughs> That's very difficult. Yeah, it's a lot. <laughs> no, but I mean, it's very difficult for a little person to go from school to school and as you said at the beginning, making friends. Yeah, yeah, it wasn't ideal. Mm. Um, were you the Were you the person who wasn't invited to the birthday parties? Um, I feel like I was invited to birthday parties because back then you just invited your class, <laughs> but I'd like, get, and people wouldn't really know who I was. No. I remember turning up um, one of my schools that I went to, this really posh school. Um, Cleveland's Preparatory School, which I got a scholarship to when I was in, supposed to be in year three, but there was no room, so I was in year two. Um, and I turned up, and on my first day, I got an invite to um, this kid's party, which was like a first. It was like just on my desk when I got there, and I was like, okay. And she would get bullied a lot because we were the only two black kids, probably black, that I knew of at all in that town until quite later. But um, yeah, she was Jamaican. And used to get teased because she had amazing braids. Like, she'd have these incredible hairstyles. Her mum would get up at, like, 5 a.m. every morning and braid her hair. Um, and, yeah, like, she other kids, like, she wasn't very popular, but we kind of, like, became best friends after that. But, yeah, that I remember, like, turning up and being like, oh, my God, like, first first day and I've got an invite to parties. So that was that was nice. <laughs> well, you're quite right. I've got, I've got children about you're a bit older than you and – you did invite the whole class. And, yeah. And it was a total calamity, you know, because <laughs> those classes were big. Yeah. And you had 30 kids descended on your little home. So yeah. they, they were good parties, I reckon. They were good <laughs> parties because everybody got an invite. You didn't exclude anybody. Yeah. yeah. I mean, you didn't exclude anybody being invited when they got there. It might be a different scenario, but... <laughs> I know. <laughs> you got in the door. <laughs> you got in the door. You got in the door. and then if you got, got a lolly bag. It's got, all good. Yeah, all good. <laughs> so how would you describe your uh, childhood? Um, oh, hectic, very hectic. And so you're busy. Yeah. Uh, busy, like just constantly crises and dramas and mm. moving and mm. like just endless chaos, really. Yeah. Any particular reason for the endless chaos? Um, I don't really like. I don't know. I feel like my family just loves chaos, <laughs> invites chaos, and 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 goes for it. Um, but all I don't know. I think also just being like poor, um, being a single mom, like things are pretty chaotic, and just the moving all the time and having to like reestablish yourself in a new place and. Yeah, I don't know. It was just, it mm. felt very chaotic a lot of the time. So, so y- your mum was never able to score public housing? She did, yeah. She we did. got public housing. Um, when I was in England, we got public housing. That was really good. I had a really amazing in place. In England? Yeah. Not Australia? No. <laughs> and That's then, extraordinary. Hang on. I want to go yeah. back because this is very important, as you realise. As you said, you use the word poverty. Yeah. And, and it makes a huge difference having a roof 
because I think that the important thing about housing is you've got security, not in terms Definitely. of a roof over your head, but in terms of your friends, your friendship groups, mm. sporting clubs, social clubs, whatever. And for a small child, yeah. you know, somebody growing up, that's it. That's very important, that, that security. Mm. So how old were you when you went back to Bolton? Um, so I think we went there when I was... When I first went there, one came back when I was three, moved back when I was six, came back when I was eleven. So I spent like quite a few years there, like probably like six, seven years there, all up. So between six and eleven, you spent at Bolton, and you were yeah. in public housing there. I think we got public housing when I was nine. Mm-hmm. So then nine to eleven, I was in public housing there. Then we came back and moved in with my grandparents. Um, but initially, like when when Mum first moved over there, like. Um, because she hadn't lived there for ages since she was younger. There was like a six-month period before we could get any welfare at all. So we literally moved in with my great-grandma into a one-bedroom flat. She um, had like a war widow's public housing um, flat Mm -hmm. in like an old person's place where you weren't allowed to have kids or anything. So, um, What, you used to hide in the cupboards? Yeah, well, yeah, like basically we – my mum was, I think, sleeping on the floor and my brother and I were like top to tailing um, sometimes like on the floor, sometimes shared a bed with my like, yeah, eight-year-old great-grandma and we literally just like lived on her floor for six months until my mum could get welfare. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was like, yeah, that I guess was living mm-hmm. in public housing initially. And then, yeah – like sort of moved in and out with my grandparents. They came back and forth from England as well. And then, yeah, got public housing, um, which was a really gorgeous house it, with like a, you know, beautiful backyard and everything and pretty so this was nice a proper thing. house, not a tenement. Yeah, proper house. Um, I think it was like semi-detached or detached, but it was like, yeah, good big house. Like I have my own bedroom, everything. It was sick. Mm. That was really nice. Then we came back to Australia. We moved in with my grandparents, um, lived with them for a couple of years. And then when my mum moved out from living with them, we were in like emergency accommodation, like just in motels and stuff. Then moved into transitional housing. And then we did get public housing actually after a couple of years um, in Lilydale. Lived there for about a year. And then my mum moved in with her boyfriend at the time so we mm. we lost that place um yeah and mm. then haven't mm. like she's been on the list for a while since she broke up with well I'm gonna, I'm gonna take you to task <laughs> Minnie. yeah i'm gonna take you to task now we know there's words we all dislike mm. and the word i dislike is welfare yeah because the negative connotations on this program we use the term social security benefits yeah i think it's important yeah. I'm not taking you to task. I'm, I'm kind of <laughs> I've been on joking. social security benefits my whole life. So yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, 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 because that's mm. what they're called. Mm. They're called social security benefits. Welfare, as you know, is a derogatory term which people use. Yeah. throw at people who are on social security benefits. And it's to keep society secure. That's why we have them. It's that simple. Yeah, and We totally. wouldn't want you out there uh, robbing people, would we? No. No. <laughs> What was life like in Bolton for a, a young person from six to eleven? Violent, mm-hmm. pretty violent. Tell us about cold. It. Um, yeah, it was just a really racist place to be. Um, I think I knew one other black kid or two other black kids total the whole time I lived there, um, and immediately became friends with them because it was like a sea of white and a couple of South Asian people, and yeah, the white fellas like just didn't know how to see me at all and I was really confused because I didn't see myself as black really at the time I saw myself as mixed mixed um but didn't have a very like I my dad's black and I didn't grow up with him I didn't really spend much time with him at all until I was 11 so I've been brought up in a completely white family and me and my brother obviously the only black ones in that family and we just saw ourselves you know the same as all of them so I was really confused when kids would like chase me down the road and throw things at me and spit at me and bash me up and stuff and you know call me a packy and I'd be like I'm not from Pakistan I'm Australian (laughs) (laughs) I was just like what like Mm. yeah I was just really stumped by it Mm. um but yeah like it's it's very different I remember coming back over here in year five 
and people being like, oh, you know, I'm going to bash you or something and I'd be like, ready to go like right. okay <laughs> right yeah. um even though i never fought back when i was in england but i'd be like okay and they'd just give you a little shove shove and like you know pull at each other's shirts and that was that and i'd be like <laughs> are you serious like <laughs> you know it was getting like bashed up by six-year-olds oh, like sick. severely bashed like people were like beating their teachers with chairs like shit mm. was getting real and i was like you guys are pussies when i got here so i started a yeah wrestling ring on the on the school oval because i was like you guys have never had to fight before this is i can cash in on this right, just, i can just win go, just go back <laughs> a step now that you're a, a more mature person <laughs> Over 30. Yeah. (laughs) Why do you think things were so difficult in Bolton? Do you think there are underlying tensions or...? For sure. Um, Yeah, I think it's a a pretty poor place. I think think the main industry was mining, coal mining there, and the mines closed. And so obviously there's a lot of poverty. Um, and then I think there's a lot of tensions there with new new migrants coming in, like there always is when, you know, there's an impoverished white community and then you get new immigrants. That stuff always just gets outsourced onto the outs- people that are seen as the outsiders, people that are seen as taking their jobs or, or whatever it is. Um, I think in school as well, a big part of it was a lot of the racism came from the fact that the Pakistani girls – um, the Muslim Muslim girls, the the Hindu girls were allowed to wear pants under their skirts for cultural reasons and it was freezing and the other kids were really mad about it because the white kids and, you know, the non-religious kids weren't allowed to wear pants under their skirts and it was a massive thing. Like I remember there was like everyone was always bitching about it and there was always massive animosity to the girls that did wear pants under their skirts because it was like it's so cold how, you know, yeah, I could just say I'm that and get to wear that as well. So I think that was a huge – like, it seems really small, no, but that caused a lot of animosity. Well, I think it's those obvious differences. <laughs> it's the obvious differences yeah. and the obvious uh, inequalities that cause it. So going back to Australia, tell us about this wrestling ring. I'm, <laughs> I'm fascinated. A wrestling ring in primary school. Yeah. <laughs> What pri- can you tell us what primary school you're St. at? St. James Primary St. James, School. It's uh, a little Catholic primary school in Vermont um, uh, near my grandparents' Vermont. house. Vermont, I like that. Yeah. Vermont. <laughs> um, and, yeah, I think it was because I used to watch a lot of WWF, what used to be called WWF before the mm. Wildlife Fund stepped in and made them call themselves <laughs> WWE. Um, and we were actually banned from watching it in my house because my brother would get really violent and bash me up. And he was younger than me, but he was a lot stronger than me. So we weren't allowed to watch it anymore. Um, but then, yeah, we had these like, um, like chopped up stoby pole kind of things mm-hmm. like that were like, I don't know, little, I'm making hand motions, but it doesn't work on radio. Um, and look, it's all right. Things we, that you could balance we on. Have, we, we, have, we have very intelligent <laughs> listeners. Yeah. <laughs> they can see what you're doing. It's all right. Telepathic. Minnie's moving her hands around and I don't know what she's doing, but I'm sure you know what she's doing. <laughs> like um, like if you've ever seen Gladiator. Oh, I've seen Gladiator. Oh, that's my favourite movie. Oh, not the movie. Not the movie. The trashy 90s um, game show. <laughs> No, I don't do game with, shows. <laughs> with oh. they, they had like they'd have to walk along these bars, bash each other with these like oh. large inflatable hammer things. Oh, right. So that was sort of the vibe I was going for. Yeah, what, in the wrestling ring. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and, and what did the um, teachers think of this grade five wrestling ring? They were not not down. <laughs> they were not happy with it. I think that's like yeah, some of the only times in my entire academic life that I ever got in trouble at school uh, was for fighting on the oval with yeah in year five <laughs> yeah, I can imagine I can imagine you could say <laughs> what have we allowed back into the country yeah <laughs> in Bolton for five years and here they are causing mayhem was your brother at the same school yeah yeah, yeah he was, was it was a it, little bit did he come down to the wrestling ring no 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 he, he was banned was he <laughs> Um, I don't even know what he was doing. I think he was only there for a short time. Then he moved in with my dad in Adelaide. Right. Mm-hmm. So, I, yeah, we didn't we didn't really interact at school. No, all right. <laughs> so, obviously, you're a bright little tight, as they say. So you yeah. went um, you went to high school. 
Yeah. Where, yeah. Where did you go? Um, I went to Our Lady of Sion College. Our Lady. Now, <laughs> what's this thing about your mum sending you to these ca- – did she want to discipline you or something? What, um, what's going on? I, I don't know. I think my family is religious but not Catholic. Um, they're very um, Protestant happy clappy pentecostal christian Ooh, well, um, hang on hang on i didn't find this is this is fascinating <laughs> very it, religious it, yeah you're, you're kind of um, morrison types are you yes yeah, yeah. we went happy to clappers, yeah. we used to go to crossway which is like the um, melbourne version of hillsong essentially can you tell us about how old oh. were you when you went to crossway <laughs> um I think I went from when my grandparents were in the church um, Mm -hmm. when I first moved back. So it would have been from when I was like 10 and a half to about 13. Yeah. These are very formative years, 10 and a half to 13. Yeah. (laughs) I'm a bit concerned. (laughs) So what did you do in church? Um, Went to kids club, which was sort of this very... Evangelical, high production value, um, youth ministry, whatever they call it. I was in Praise Team, which is like a, a hip-hop dance crew for God, for Jesus. Uh, hang, hang, hang on, hang on, hang on. I'm confused. It's bad enough you talked about the Trojan, you know, game. Now you're talking about hip-hop artists for God. Yeah. When, when did all this madness start? I I don't even know. It's what do you mean? You went you went you went to a Pentecostal church. Yeah. Was it Saturday or Sunday? Because they get get a bit confused. Every day. Every day. All the time. Um, All the time. We go. I'd go Wednesdays for like I don't even know what it was for fellowship, home fellowship on Wednesdays. Mm. Was that to meet Um, a future partner or something? The fellowship. No, that was to study the Bible. Oh, study the Bible. Much more important. Right. right. Focuses. Yes. Yeah, Bible study, and then um, I don't know. I think sometime during the week or weekend, I went for praise team practice, mm. and then I was involved in like um, they have these really high production value theatre productions for like Easter, Christmas, all that kind of stuff. I remember I was involved in the Christmas one, so there was like also rehearsals for that, mm. which were mm. taken very seriously. They've got like a lot of money, so it's there's like massive budget kind of productions with huge bands and choirs and like you know could electric I, could, could I come could I come oh they would love to have you well, they- <laughs> there'd, there'd be an altar call uh, I know why I know hands in the air yeah yeah I know why I'm yeah. old I'm gonna die I'm gonna leave them all my money <laughs> uh, they'll get money out of you before you're dead don't stress <laughs> I'll have you tithing in a heart. Now, nah, look, look, I, I, hate to, I, I hate to say this on 3CR, being a black person, but um, the fact that you were a hip-hop artist for God, <laughs> was it a stereotype? They saw this little black person walk in and they thought, aha. Probably. Um, I don't even know. I mean, I'm pretty sure all the other kids were white, so I probably added some street cred. Yeah. Street cred. Yeah. I don't know. It, black, street cred... <laughs> Within reason, like one of the only song I remember doing was they did like a remix of the Captain Planet theme tune mm-hmm. called Captain Jesus. He's a hero, gonna take the devil down to zero. Yeah, I like it. Take the <laughs> devil down to zero. Yeah, that's my dad you're talking <laughs> about. The he's devil, salvation personified, and he's fighting on the Christian side. Yeah, it was great. <laughs> and this is what you have to deal with between. Ten and thirteen. Yes. In the midst of battling puberty, sexual identity. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Three days a week. Yeah. And we'd go like like Sunday it was all day. You'd go to like kids' church in the morning, then you'd come home. Hang on, hang on, hang on. <laughs> kids church. Yeah. I mean I used to go to church when I was dragged by an ear when I was a little type. That was a Roman Catholic church and we just sat in the background and they yep. the mass was in Latin, that's how old oh, I am. Wow. And we just used to fall asleep. Pre-Vatican II, that's a while back. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Pre-Vatican II, Latin. Mm. Well, you know, when I was your age, Latin I used to speak. Yeah. So, kids' church. What, did you have a lot of singing and dancing? A lot of singing and dancing. Uh, could you tell us a little song? Could you come on? Share with our I listeners. Can't, I can't remember. You can't remember? Oh, come on. the Caps and Planet one that's because that one. was really catchy. Yeah. Um, there's just like a lot of like, there's a lot of like Christian soft rock that they kind of uh, have their 
Do they... Like they had a band called Planet Shakers, so it was a lot of Planet Shakers. Mm. Um, they don't have Christian soft porn, stuff. do they? Probably. <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me. <laughs> was surprised. I was just wondering. But, yeah, you know, the actors rock. would all need to be married. So. <laughs> I have to be married. All right. Oh, we could talk about this for ages, but I don't want to. All right, you escape at 13. Yeah. How come you escaped? Um, actually, You my, didn't escape, right? I didn't escape so much as my mum pulled me out because I was too full on. I was too pious and it was freaking her out. So she pulled me out of church. <laughs> too pious? Yes. What, you'd get on your knees at night and pray? Yeah, I was hardcore. I was hardcore. Like, I had read the whole Bible. I was like super into it. Oh. I think, yeah, I think all my passion now for like politics and stuff was just like boom into religion. And I oh. was just like, yeah. I've always been very obsessive and very hard. You read the whole Bible. Yeah. Yeah. You know that uh, <laughs> if you can recite the Koran yeah. from cover to cover, you get a special name. I've forgotten in the in the Muslim religion today. Yeah, right. Could you recite the whole Bible? Not the whole Bible, no. Could you? <laughs> are there any particular texts you'd like to share with our listeners? Um, some of my favourites are part of Leviticus. Mm-hmm. Is So they always quote, I can't remember the exact verse, but I remember they always quote Leviticus, which is the part, that homophobic bit, which is about, you know, if a, if a man lies with another man, it's an abomination. Mm. And what I really love is that shortly after that, it also says, you know, if you wear mixed fabrics, that's an abomination. Mm. And if somebody is a hunchback, you should stone them. And if somebody needs glasses, you should stone them to death. Mm. And if you eat crow, it's an abomination. If you eat pork, that's an abomination. So the word abomination (laughs) is thrown around so much. And, you know, the other part is that in the New Testament, Jesus is like basically like let's leave all that Old Testament shit. You just need to focus on me and being, you know, loving each other, blah blah blah, all that kind of stuff. So I'm like, everyone that comes for queers and is like, oh, you're an abomination. I'm like, yeah, but you're wearing polyester, so also an abomination. <laughs> like, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I used to love, I used to love Lot. Yeah, Lot was my favorite character in the Old Testament. Mm-hmm. He was great, you know. I can't remember Pet- much, except his wife turns to salt because she you looks You don't bad. remember? <laughs> I don't want to scare the kiddies listening to the program, but <laughs> Lot was a bad, bad, bad human being. Yeah. You know? He blamed his – he had uh, sexual intercourse with his daughters and he blamed mm. them because they made him drunk. And then when he was trying to escape with his wife mm. and the kiddies, he um, threw the – Servants he had out into the crowd to be sodomized and raped. Oh <laughs> this is in the, the Bible. <laughs> and his wife got turned to salt. Yeah, because she looked back, you know. And what? What? God of vengeance. Chilled? God of vengeance. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> God. So if you see a salt yeah. pillar somewhere in the Middle East, you know it could be Lot's wife, so be careful. I mean, she I'd could be underneath. I'd you know. rather be salt than married to that pedo freak. So. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> freaky stuff. If you yeah. really read, as you said, that's it's makes, I hadn't remembered this for years and years and years, but as a kid, you go, what, what, yeah. what? You know, you look for the dirty parts in the Bible. Totally. Yeah, well, and the, and yeah revelations, all the like really exciting, yeah. hectic stuff. But yeah, yeah it's, but it's kind of useful now because I'm not Christian now. So mm. sort of when people sort of, you know, try and recruit you or like come at you in any way, I can be like, yeah, I've actually read your text and studied it a lot and so I actually know the stuff that it says in it so I can kind of like use that back which is fun. <laughs> well that's interesting. Nobody tries to recruit me. Oh, you're not moving in the right circles obviously. <laughs> <laughs> well, you know, I've never I mean the only time I they tried to recruit me was through the hedonistic trapdoor. I don't know, you remember the, you wouldn't remember the seventies, you weren't even here, but did you ever hear about flirty fishing and the no. chil- and the children of God? No, I did not. No, they're an extreme. Flirty fishing. Yeah, yeah. What they used to, it was us young, you know, young people wandering the streets mm. with nothing to do. Yeah. Looking for, uh, how shall I put it, for a little bit of excitement. <laughs> and uh, the children of God would use mm. their female members as bait. Right. To bring men into the organisation. Yeah, yeah. Quite, quite evil. Quite evil. Yeah. So, well, bait. Yeah. Human bait. Flirty fishing, it was called. Wow. Flirty fishing. You go, oh, hello. 
Matt. Are you interested in God? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. No. <laughs> All right. So you graduated from high school, I see. Yes, I did. I was ducks of my high school. Whoa, <laughs> ducks. Well, look. Uh, Massive nerd. <laughs> uh, excuse me. You're talking to another ducks. Hey, yeah, watch uh, out. Yeah, two ducks <laughs> in the same room. You know, there's not going to be enough room for our egos. You realize that? And, Maybe not. <laughs> no. And uh, what did you excel at? Everything. <laughs> oh, I'm sure there was something you weren't good um, at. Art, music. No, oh. I was good at art and music. Yeah. Um, I wasn't good at maths, but I dropped that in year 11 because I got a C. It was the first C I'd ever got in my life, so I was <sighs> devastated. So I would be devastated. Dropped that. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I got hundred. I got 99.15 on my enter, so yeah, I did pretty well in everything. But mm. I got 100% in media, which I was really proud of. And I got a medal, but I had to accept it from Eddie Maguire, which shortly after he'd just called Adam Goods um, a gorilla. So that was How really was intense. That? How long ago was that? 2008. Oh, was that long ago? Yeah. 12 years, 13 years ago? Yeah. It seems like last year. Oh, well, that's all right. You got your medal. <laughs> Can you tell us about the medal? What does it look like? Do you keep um, it in a little box? Yes, it came in a little <laughs> little box. It's I don't know. It's like a little medallion thing. Mm. Um, it's like for the, I don't know, it says like VCE. I think that's for like the top five people in Victoria mm. that got 100%, like that got the highest score in it for media studies mm. um, in 2008. So, yeah, I got, got a medal. <laughs> Pretty were, tough for that. <laughs> in my day, we didn't have soft subjects like media studies. Hey, you did. Says English. the person working in media. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 no. I have never worked in media because I've never been paid a bloody fair, sense. Fair call. I'm a volunteer, all right? I'm happy to be paid, but yeah. they don't pay here. I've been here over 44 years and they've never bloody paid me a cent. It's Man, disgusting. You should be on long service leave by now. Well, I think it's about time. Yeah, a lot of people would suggest that I move on. You know, <laughs> no. Open up a space for a younger person. Maybe you'd like to take over this position in a few years' time. Oh, I'm good. No, it's, it's a great, great – you meet great people. You yeah. mispronounce their names. You call them Mini instead of Mimi, you know, whatever. Vice versa, <laughs> so far, yeah. yeah so that's close. what I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. That's the joke. Oh, <laughs> Kelly, she looks after me. She thinks I'm an old fuddy daddy, see, <laughs> and she doesn't understand that you've got to play the old person's card. <laughs> right, so the world's your oyster. Yeah. 99.1%, 100% in media studies. What do you do? Um. So basically I moved out of home as quickly as I could because it was a pretty homophobic place to be. Mm. Hang, um, on, hang on, homophobic. Yeah. <laughs> but So when did you realise? Um, I think when I was about 15, mm-hmm. yeah, right. but my family was very religious, very anti-queer, um, and I was living, what was I then? I think I was still living with my mum at that point. Um, she ended up moving to Sydney with her husband at the time, and so I moved in with my grandparents um, when I was 16, and then yo-yoed pretty much between them and my auntie's house every two weeks for like the next two years until I finished school. So it was kind of um, handy because it wasn't so, like it didn't seem such a big deal for my family for me to move out because I'd sort of been in this really transitional yo-yoing mm-hmm. vibe anyway. Um, so I went to RMIT, applied for RMIT. Um, hang on, hang on. Why don't you go to Melbourne University? They're too, like, you know, theoretical and right-wing at Melbourne. Hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on, hang on. This is my old alma mater. Come on. Oh, look, I came out of – well, I did my postgraduate degree in Melbourne. I didn't actually do my primary degree in Melbourne. But, uh, you know, look, you're calling me conservative. Not you personally, but, yeah, I just thought Melbourne was a bit, I don't know, a bit stuffy and – All right. RMIT, was it exciting? It was cool. Um, yeah, I really wanted to do professional communication because I wanted to work in radio. Um, professional communication. Yeah. You're a natural. And then you don't need to be I realised you don't need a degree to <laughs> That's work right. in radio, so I stopped. <laughs> well, no, you don't. How many of those people get a million dollars on commercial radio? Yeah. Or 400,000 on, on the Australian Broadcasting Corporation? How many of them do you think got bloody degrees? Yeah, I'm probably very – I don't know why. Like, I'd always wanted to be in radio. I – did my um, like work experience at Triple R, mm-hmm. and then oh, yeah, I just got oh, it in my head oh, that oh, I needed that. Oh, I don't oh, watch out. Oh, <laughs> you just mentioned the word Triple R. <laughs> Everywhere I go, 
there are triple R bloody stickers <laughs> on the backs of cars. Can you tell how long were you at triple R for? Oh, like two weeks. Two weeks. <laughs> two weeks. <laughs> work experience i was like during the radiothon thing i was just like folding t-shirts and filing carts okay i forgive you (laughs) Uh, so you're forgiven all right you're forgiven all right so triple r yeah and then 99.1 you go to rmit you drop out do you drop out (laughs) dropped out yeah like two years in two years in did everybody say we never expected this yeah (laughs) yeah mini the moocher we didn't expect this (laughs) You've become a mini the moocher, here. haven't you? Yeah. <laughs> I can't believe this. Much. Yeah. You're a brilliant human being. <laughs> no, seriously. Yeah. What a waste. I mean, I have since done another degree, so I'm good. But <laughs> you're good. Well, I don't know if you're good doing. A, I don't think. I think doing a degree makes you good. Going no. to a Pentecostal church makes you good. <laughs> Very Not doing good. a degree. Yeah. yeah. All right. So, okay, you dropped out. You went to Triple R for two weeks. Yeah. I'm, I'm frightened to ask, <laughs> what happened next? Um, I started doing – while I was at RMIT, I started doing a radio show there called Rainbow Juice. Rainbow. Yes. Can you tell me why the title? I didn't name it. I jo- It was the whole thing. I joined I joined them when um, they were like a pre-existing um, – show mm. because I was like really excited to work on a queer radio show. I'd been doing um like I've been volunteering doing like what's it called? Voice actor thing like doing the ads on uh, Joy. What do they call it? Um Joy FM. The people in the background. The voiceover. You're a voiceover Yeah, I was doing voiceover. You're a voiceover <laughs> artist. You've got a good voice for a voiceover artist. Thank you. Right. <laughs> Can you remember, remember any ads you did? Um yes. Could, I did a push ad for um some youth event for Freezer. Uh, could you could you just show us your <laughs> voiceover voice? Um you're listening to Joy FM, and coming up on the second is a youth event at Pre's, um, the Push for Freezer. So make sure you get along. <laughs> you sound like a variation. You know that in radio, before even my time, yeah. if you worked on the ABC in the 40s and 50s, you'd have to have an English accent. Mm. They wouldn't allow you. So. Yeah. That's just a variation, this isn't it? So, so, did you get paid at? Uh, no, no. You just I don't did these voiceovers. I just really wanted to be in radio. I was just did excited you? to be excited, there. Yeah. 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 Obviously, uh, <laughs> you've realised now the errors of your way. Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I do satellite skies now, so you still got still got my foot in the door. All right. but, but obviously, so you said you went back to university. Um, didn't you? Yeah. So then I went back, um, and first I just did like a couple of short courses I did um started doing community studies at CAE I just did like a term there mm. I did um introduction to children's book illustration at um NMIT and then I went into social work um back at RMIT and finished that um social yeah. work yeah. so all that disjointed <laughs> life as a child yeah <laughs> Pushed you into that direction. Yeah. You thought you could make a difference with some kids, did yeah. you? Yeah. Did you get any employment? Yeah. So I did um, my placement there at mm. um, what was then called the Women's Domestic Violence Crisis Service, now called Safe Steps. And I did my thesis there on um, trans women's experience of domestic violence because when I was on placement there, I saw some really not great stuff go down. Um, and I worked with them to like put policies and stuff. Like I did like some mock policy stuff. Then they hired me. Um, so I worked there for about eight months and I like helped write their trans inclusive policy. So that was cool. And then since I've left, they've changed the name to safe steps. So it's less of a focus on being so binary. So that's, um, not that that's me, (laughs) my doing, but like they've definitely done a bunch of work there. So that's been really cool to see Mm. that happen. Um, but yeah, then while I was working there, I had my sister's 10th birthday party. I do, I do kids parties for like my siblings and Hang my on. friend's kids. Hang on. <laughs> so this is your experience from the Pentecostal church. Yeah, the, probably yeah, coming yeah, out. Yeah, 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 yeah hip hop stays. <laughs> my, hey kids. Yeah. Hey kids. You got, you got the voice. You got the voice over. Yeah. Hey kids. Did you wear one of those ugly clown suits? No. Um, I was dressed as a monster at the time. I a do monster. like face painting and stuff for mm. all my like. 
you know, little nephews and nieces and stuff mm. at their parties. So it's just, <laughs> so they say, Auntie, <laughs> Auntie, Minnie, Minnie yeah. Auntie Minnie, could you come to my birthday party? Yes. Uh, and then their, fr- and then their cousins and then their friends. I've got like, yeah, my little niece and nephews, um, cousin wants me to do hers in may and then i've got my like another little friend that wants me to do hers coming up as well so i've got like all these little kids parties all right look uh, this is this is this is a life lost you've got a social work degree you do eight months and what yeah you move on to something else well no actually i at the party i fell through a ladder Ooh. Tore my hip capsule. Um, I've got hypermobility syndrome, so right. when I get injured, it's pretty serious, mm. um, and I get injured super easily. Mm. And then I was out for a long time. Um, really messed with me. Um, I couldn't walk for six months, and I lost my housing. I had like I used up all my leave. Um, obviously, hadn't been there very long, so didn't have much leave. And then from sort of having to sit down, lie down so much, I got sciatica, so I couldn't sit up at all, so I couldn't work. Um, Yeah, lost my house, um, stayed with my partner for a bit, um, but I had a bunch of cats, so that wasn't really feasible because they're in a studio. And then, yeah, didn't have anywhere to be. And then I um, heard about the Bendigo Street squats, so I moved there. That's where I met Kelly. <laughs> um, and it's been downward ever since, it was since you met Kelly. Down, downward ever since, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that I yeah, have, haven't so really you, worked it, for a long time since because of that. It's interesting, isn't it? You have an accident, mm. and that's that's the difference in a capitalist society. Yeah. Private investment for private profit. You don't yep. work. No. Yeah. You're stuffed. Made a huge six weeks, difference. Six weeks, and you're stuffed because mm. the accident you had – wouldn't be covered by workers' compensation. No. Not covered by the Transport Accident Commission. No. And uh, before the introduction of the NDIS, you wouldn't have even had NDIS cover. No. So it's just, uh, we had, I mean, I was involved in the struggle to bring forth NDIS. It took over 40 years because yeah. we had, because I, I, I work in the disability field, mm. and you have two types of patients. You have those that are were covered by TAC and workers' comp, yeah. and everybody else who wasn't covered. Yeah. And it was just horrendous. The same injury, different standard of treatment, different, mm. uh, no equipment. So the NDIS, all, that, with, with all its shortcomings, it did make a difference. Did, did, did you access the NDIS? No. Not at no. that stage. So you've made a full recovery? Um, I've still got, I still get um, joint pain and stuff in my hip. Mm. But, yeah, I'm, I'm a lot better than I was, mm. for sure. Yeah. But, yeah, it made a massive impact on my mental health. Like, I just went into a – basically had a – mental breakdown from that um it just like was really really bad and just got really intense anxiety and yeah have only kind of recently been able to start working at all again since so yeah that one freaking ladder had mm. a massive impact on my life oh, it does M- yeah. most, most trauma mm. is something that happens within a few seconds i, I basically deal yeah. with well for the last 40 years i've dealt with paraplegics and quadriplegics mm. and in trauma that's the field I'm interested in, and it's a sp- split second. Somebody clean the roof, they fall over, break their neck, become a quadriplegic. Their whole yeah. life yeah. changes. And it's, it's the same with any accident or trauma. Mm. We don't use the word accident anymore, but trauma, uh, physical trauma, it's just instantaneous, and your whole life changes. Yeah, definitely. It's pretty wild. So when you say you had a, a breakdown, a lot of people use that word. What do you mean? Are you, are you willing to... Go down that pathway or not? Um, yeah. I mean, basically, I just got really, really depressed and anxious and mm-hmm. just stopped dealing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and I, th- I think in those situations, you find friends just don't know what to do and, yeah. they, and they keep away and it gets yeah. worse. And Pretty mm. much. So how did you dig yourself out of that hole? Um, I mean, moving to – I ended up – because I was involved with the Bendigo Street squats and that, it was kind of in a really just right time, right place, like completely random. Literally a friend was there, um, was staying in one of the houses with with her kid and was just like, yeah, why don't you come stay here? Um, And I, you know, wasn't doing well at the time. Like I was literally climbing out of my window to avoid speaking to people or seeing anybody. Um, so I wasn't really involved in the organising um, until we were being evicted. And then I was like, oh, you know, I'd be happy to speak because whack with my social work 
um, background and stuff. And when I was at Safe Steps, I did a bunch of stuff on like um, the housing sector. So I know a little bit about some stuff and I'd be happy to, you know, I'd feel comfortable speaking as well as other um, other squatters and stuff that were going to speak at the Supreme Court case. And so literally they handed around the piece of paper and somebody else was in front of me. Wrote, we wrote our names down in a totally random order. And the person in front of me crossed their name off the list and I ended up being the first person on the piece of paper. When they handed that in, that put me as first plaintiff. So the court case was originally in my name. It was Amy Miller versus the state. Oh, I like that. Amy Miller versus the state. <laughs> and I was like, what the like? This, so I think they thought that I was some big time person, uh, um, which I really was not. Like I was so hang on, peripheral hang on, hang to organising. No, hang on. No, 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 no. You're a big time person. I'm telling you. You've spoken to us on Radical Australia. You were Amy Miller, Minnie Mouse, Minnie the Moocher. Yeah. Big time versus, versus the state. Yeah. And how did that little interaction go? Um, It was all right. <laughs> it was pretty good. I don't think I even ended up speaking, but <laughs> it was really interesting. It was cool to be there. Um, And, you know, I met a lot of really cool people and just sort of realising how precedent setting that court case was for squatters' rights in Australia was pretty rad. Um. Yeah, but then it was crazy because we were sort of in this situation that nobody's ever in in this country where we got to negotiate our terms for getting out of the spaces um, with the government and, you know, demanding housing for people. And I'd never thought about, I'd, you know, seen how hard it was with my mum applying for public housing, transitional housing. And even though, you know, I was pretty much homeless at the time, it did not cross my mind to apply for housing. I was just like, literally, why would I? I'm not escaping violence. I'm, you know, single. I don't have kids or anything. Like, what? So I can get a house in 40 years. <laughs> like, it would never happen. So never, ever crossed my mind to apply for housing. But then I ended up applying, um, you know, with, with everybody mm. else as part of the proceedings. Literally handed my stuff in and my, like, disability stuff, um, like, needs and everything in Friday about four o'clock, I got handed keys Monday at 9am. Well, you've understood <laughs> the power of media studies. Yeah. <laughs> if you can get your f- mush, mm-hmm. your face in the media spotlight, the yeah. government will do anything to save itself embarrassment. It was wild. Yeah, it was, that's what It happens. was gross. Yeah, it's it gross. That's what they do. And really freaky. Everybody yeah. else is on the floor and they think they've bought you off and that yeah. you'll shut up and you won't open your mouth again. I'm afraid <laughs> Minnie the Moocher is not that type of person. No. <laughs> she didn't, didn't keep, didn't, you didn't keep your mouth shut, did you? No. Oh, weren't <laughs> and, you grateful? <laughs> I mean, I, I must say, you know? Joe, that um, it was actually uh, Minnie and their friends at the time who actually instigated that whole um, injunction process and us, mm. <clears throat> excuse yeah. me, going to the Supreme Court. So yeah, yeah. we have them to thank for that. Well, that's very right. smart. Yeah, well, you've got to be smart. You've got to be smart. Yeah. You've got to use – a lot of people think, oh, I don't want to go to the courts or I don't want to vote in this and I don't mm. want to do this. But the thing is you've got to use every available means at your disposal. Yeah. And the courts, if you can get through them. I've been through the Supreme Court on a, some interesting cases and uh, which I've won. Mm. And but if you lose, it's big time. But if you win, it can make a huge impact on a lot of other people. Yeah. So it looks like other people's needs were what dragged you out of your depressive phase. Yeah, definitely. And I think it was it was that. And then it was also coming to Collingwood. I've really con- like connect. I've never really had a sense of place before because it's always been I'm gonna you know I'll be here for six months and you know whatever. Um, but then moving to Collingwood, I got involved with Izzy, who, you know, also involved in the Benigo Street stuff, um, and a whole bunch of different people that had been involved in that stuff and, you know, local people on my public housing estate, and we started doing um, this hip-hop musical called The Change. (laughs) (laughs) Hip-hop again. Yes. So those Pentecostalist days were not wasted. No. (laughs) Look, I mean, all our listeners are over 96. Yeah. Could you explain to them what hip-hop is? Oh God! Um. No, God's not going to help you. She's God is not there. 
Um, ah, I guess hip hop um comes is like genre of music. <laughs> boom boom. That. This is somebody who got ninety nine point one percent. A genre hip hop is a genre of music. Oh my god! I guess it comes from like a history of like rhythm and blues. Um. And we don't want a PhD rap. dissertation. Just I tell us what it bloody well is. Do, do people jump up and down? It's do they like, sing? Do they talk? What do they do? Um, I guess it's like you know, it comes from stems from like Black American culture is like, um, using a lot of samples and stuff and and um, mixes and stuff from other music. Mm. So and I don't know, rapping over it. <laughs> I think of another way to explain rapping. it. Rapping, yeah. What, what's rapping? Is that when you get hit by a stick? You get no. Pretty much, yeah. nah. <laughs> like I don't know. Um, like speaking quickly, musically. Speak. Uh, <laughs> like words to music. Yeah, words uh, to music. I mean, I guess all. And, and then you're strutting around too on the stage. Yeah, you're doing words to music. There's no point just standing there. You think you're just a poet. I mean, you know, there. live yeah. your best life. I I started out doing spoken word stuff, so yeah. I started out doing yeah. standing there, and then realised that you know can put that to music, and that's sort of really powerful too. So yeah, I think like music. I was working on music even when I was in a really bad place, and like that was kind of a lot of the only times I was ever social was starting to do race rage stuff, um, starting to do a couple of shows at a couple of like punk gigs, fundraisers, things like that. Um, and then, yeah, getting involved in Collingwood on the housing estate, um, starting with doing the change. Um, Izzy had this project called United Struggle Project where she's been working with a lot of different communities for a long time, um, you know, capturing their music, capturing their stories, um, linking people's struggles and stories and we sort of just she worked with a whole bunch of different folks um mob refugees you know west papuan crew and got us to sort of write different scenes with our history and our struggle or our people's struggles in them and to kind of put put this together in this like you know community theater production so i feel like that really sort of reconnected me with the world sort of went from just me and my partner kind of sitting in my house all day being too scared to answer the door or like speak to anybody and just avoiding everybody to starting to get involved and starting to to put this thing together so I think that and that community and that project is kind of what brought me back out of myself and connected Mm. me with other people Mm. and then yeah just like wanting to help out in that community um I started, like, doing more of my own music and then started... Your, your own music? Yeah. Am I <laughs> talking to somebody who does original work? Yeah. Not covers? Yeah, yeah. Really? Rapper, yeah. Original rapper? Yeah. Oh, you think this is <laughs> going to be a career? I mean, it's taking off pretty good at the moment. I'm, I'm working on an album that You're working is on an album? Two months. <laughs> yeah. I'm working on an album? Yeah. From the depths exciting. of depression three years ago to an album. Yeah. He's a superstar. <laughs> uh, look, uh, you know I hate music, all right? I don't care if Mimi is, f- is a bloody superstar. You know, I, I don't care. Everybody who walks to the studio is equal. Yeah. Apart from me. I'm down below. But a superstar, wow. Do I get royalties for interviewing you? <laughs> we'll Look, see. <laughs> a superstar is somebody who can support themselves through their music. Have we got to that stage? Uh, this year, I'm hopefully going to be at that stage for a little bit. Look, if it falls through, <laughs> look, I'm a bit of an entrepreneur. You may not realize this. I'm a radical entrepreneur. <laughs> if it falls through and you find yourself on your ass and, you know, yeah. you're going down that slippery slope again, I've got a company called Fully Sick This Week. <laughs> Which you're the type of artist I'd like to manage. I see. So think about it. Think about Mm. it. You know, I only want 97% of the profits. No, no, no. no. Sounds about right. Yeah, that's that's what, and remember, with me, you know, I'm very good. You know what my specialty is? I dread to think. Well, you should dread. You should dread. It's unsolicited advice to young people. Uh-huh. So if you go down the gurgler, fully sick this week, 
is always there to help you become a superstar. Excellent. Just think about it. I've got to pay be- my own headshots, right? Yeah. No, 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 no. I'll do the I'll do the managing. I'll do the headshots. You just do the performing. That's the way it works. Just, I'm looking. I'm nearly seventy. I'll be seventy soon. I'm looking for yeah, a new. Right. I'm looking for a new direction in life. And managing a superstar, I think, is what I want to do. <laughs> So if you're a superstar, that's good. (laughs) So for any listeners under 31 listening to this program, do you have any unsolicited advice? Yeah, I think basically if you are in a dark place and your world has become really isolated and insular, I think the best thing you can do is connect in with other people and either with shared struggle or with other struggles because I think – that's kind of the only real way that I've seen that you can kind of get your shit back together and sort of connect to like a connect to something bigger than yourself. And yeah, I think so much joy and so much um, fulfillment comes from when you join a struggle or when you, you know, fight for someone else's struggle or are just giving back to a community or connecting with a community in some way. Cause yeah. It's pretty bleak by itself. <laughs> <laughs> it is bleak by itself. Well, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> You've got to work with other people to get anywhere. Mm-hmm. Minnie Miller, it's been a pleasure speaking to you over the last uh, hour or so. My I think with people you. like you in, in the world, we've got nothing to worry about. <laughs> I'm going to go to my grave happy. Excellent. And <laughs> if I get to 100, I'll invite you to my birthday party. And don't forget, you're getting nowhere. You want to become a star. Fully sick this week. I'm in the middle of a movie at the minute. We'll get <laughs> you going. We will make you a superstar, and then we can send Kelly to an old person's home. Because I, I won't need Kelly anymore. <laughs> Thank you. Thanks so much for having Amy me. Amy Miller. <laughs> All the best, and I have no doubts that you will do really well. And for us to have people, I'm being serious here, for us to have people like you around, young people like you around, uh, makes an old person like me very happy. So thank you. Thank you for being here. (laughs) Cheers. He was in the custody of Senior Sergeant Christopher Hurley. There was a fall was um, what he called compressive force. The dogs loose on my people. The epitome of evil. If this is a crime scene, the cops are the criminals. Yeah, the cops are the criminals. We burn down the courtroom with fire in our hearts. They burn down the cops shop to hide evidence of scum. He tripped, he fell to hell with that bullshit. It takes a hard hit for your liver to split. Can't you see why there's fire in the fury? Cop found innocent, no blacks on the jewelry. Burn. Let the walls burn, all that lying and killing, when will you learn, burn? Let the walls burn, we shattered, we screaming, but she never learned, burn. Let the walls burn. How many deaths in custody, till people wake up and see? We got a right to live on our land, to be free from the bully boy in blue who wants to kill me. Now it's off to Canberra, to the tent embassy. Ancestors exiled here for punishment Strong spirit resistance unites us Palm Island today is a powder keg One more injustice to ignite us I see history repeating Judiciary cheating Justice we are seeking White overseer controls the fear Serves out a death sentence for speaking Any threat to white authority is met with cop brutality We face trauma, pain and total poverty The bounce back, work, and community Any threats to white authority 
is met with copritality. This ain't a pill to will as into apathy. Meet us on the front line and off to the tent embassy. Burn, let the walls burn. All that lying and killing, when will you learn? Burn, let the walls burn. We shout it, we scream it, but you never learn. Burn, let the walls burn. All that lying and killing, when you gon' learn? Burn, let the walls burn. We shout it, we scream it, our flames must be heard. Any threat to white authority is met with brutality. We face trauma, pain and total poverty, but bounce back, work home and community. Any threat to white authority is met with brutality. This ain't a pill to will as into apathy. Meet us on the front line and off to the tent embassy. Burn. You've been listening to a 3CR podcast produced in the studios of independent community radio station 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. For more information, go to allthews.3cr.org.au.